art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Emerald City Video, this is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. I'm Russ Burlingame, and this is Zach Roberts. Yes, it is. We are uh, usually your hosts for the for the uh, new release wall. Actually, we're usually your hosts for fucking everything. But, like, there are other people who do stuff that isn't the new release wall. Supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, so we, we're, we're your normal hosts, and uh, we're going to be talking about Comic-Con International in San Diego this weekend, uh, last weekend, which I attended. Anybody who doesn't know, uh, and I can't imagine that you're regular listeners to the show and you don't know, but hey, whatever. Uh, Comic-Con International in San Diego is a comic book convention, is the kind of comic book convention that started, uh, this this year was actually the 50th year, and uh, it and New York both kind of fight over who can say they're the biggest comic con. I can't remember exactly how it works, but I believe that what it is is that San Diego has the most people in the building at any given time, so New York sells more tickets because they sell more like one-day passes yeah, and yeah. weekend passes, so yeah. it's like, oh, we sold 200,000 tickets, but it's like, yeah, but you only have 80,000 people in the room at one time, and we have 110. Yeah. Um, and, and both of them are just, you physically can't move on yeah, Saturday right. afternoon, and then it's like, whatever, so it's miserable. And, and um, I will <laughs> say, I don't, I may have, like, A, I might be wrong and misremembering, B, I might have reversed those, it yeah. might be, yeah. But either way, uh, San Diego and New York are the two big conventions every year. Typically, that's the only conventions that my boss pays for me to go to, and any other con that you hear us talking about, it's like something I went to, uh, either for my own personal enjoyment, or so I could get a specific interview. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, Zach was going to basically interview me a little bit about Comic-Con, so that that way we have some kind of structure, because if you ask me about Comic-Con, I just start ranting about shit. So, um, what was, uh, um, I guess I'll start with the the big thing, I mean, what was your biggest takeaway from uh, from San Diego Comic-Con? My biggest takeaway this year was that it was it was a weirdly subdued year in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong; it was still basically impossible to move around in San Diego. Yeah, this is. I mean, well, this would be the first first Comic-Con after the Marvel, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. After, so, yeah, yeah. after Infinity War and Endgame and like the beginning of and, and granted, the Marvel panel on Saturday was yeah. massive. They announced a whole bunch of stuff, some of which I can't even remember. Yes. Uh, but so I believe 78 films in the next... Yeah, I think so. Well, and, and I will say, part of, part of the reason... It's so, it's so funny, because like, when they brought up their schedule, it yeah, was yeah. like just for 2021 and 2022, I think. Yeah. Uh, or 2020. Either way, yeah. it was a two-year schedule, yeah. and like the last time that they had a, a, like a full film slate unveiled like this, it was around the time that Civil War came out, and uh-huh. they unveiled like you know the next five years worth of stuff. It was like eleven movies or something. Yeah. And this time it was only two years, and it was like nine things, yeah. and people were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And the reasoning behind it is just that they have all these shows that are going to Disney Plus, and the Disney Plus shows are now being considered part of the slate. Yeah. And technically speaking, things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Netflix shows have always been set in the same universe, but they've had minimal, if any, crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you get Sam Jackson on once every yeah. entire seasons. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, think, I think he was on it on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. one time, maybe yeah. twice. Uh, and then with the Marvel Netflix shows, there's, there was never any actors that crossed over from one to the other. Uh, it was really just a matter of... Uh, they would occasionally reference the fact that, oh yeah, remember that time aliens invaded New York City? That was weird. Yeah. Um, Which hopefully, I mean, uh, is there any, do you feel like there's any uh, move that they're actually going to start integrating? I mean, now that, you know, I, I Disney think, has its own, Disney has its own platform, and 
everybody has their own. Yeah. My like, my you know, impression you know. is that the my impression is that the Marvel Netflix shows are like over over. Yeah. That it'll be a while before they can use those characters because of some deal they signed with Netflix. Not in like a super long time, but a few years. Yeah. And uh, probably by the time they do use them, it'll be recast and re everything. I know that Cottonmouth from Luke Cage yeah. is Marshall <laughs> Ali, yeah. and they so. announced over the weekend that he's going to be played. Yes. Uh, obviously, there's nothing to say he can't play two roles in the same cinematic universe, especially if they don't ever. There's like, nothing interact. to say that he might be the same kid. Yeah. Cottonmouth mm-hmm. is. He has uh, fangs. I feel like I, I genuinely. <laughs> let's start that. Let's start that conspiracy right, right now. Yeah. You heard it here. That's right. That's that's a thing. That's going to um, also, confirms it. <laughs> also, uh, Chris Hemsworth's character in uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot is Thor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the uh, I think the Marvel Netflix shows are essentially gone from yep. the canon. I don't. I mean, they might still have quote unquote happened, mm-hmm. but no movie has ever referenced them anyway. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like what's going to happen now is that we're just going to pretend those didn't happen. And when people show back up and those mo- those roles are recast, we might get some version of like, hey, aren't you that guy from blah, blah, blah? And be like, oh, yeah, winking and nod, the show happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't think <laughs> You mean that uh, as they're fighting aliens, Daredevil didn't, doesn't... <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess he has, he has the same powers as uh, Black Widow without, like, the yeah, hacking or whatever she else. I mean, I, I actually, I, I really liked, there was, a, there was like, a meme. Because, uh, of course, if you've seen Endgame, the big final battle, Doctor Strange uses his little zippity-doo uh, portals to, like, make that's the, people that's appear. the technical term. Yeah. Yes. Uh, to make people <laughs> appear uh, for the big battle. And uh, there's, a, there's a great, like, it's like a shot from Defenders mm. with Daredevil in the front, like, crouched down listening. Yeah. And the caption that somebody put on it was, "Okay, guys, I can sense it. The portal's coming any minute now. <laughs> any minute." But, but so yeah. I mean, and again, like I, I haven't seen very many of the Marvel Netflix shows. Uh, I was in a, like a deep depression when Daredevil started, and I watched like two episodes, and I was like, "This seems like miserable for miserable's sake." <laughs> now, bit, yeah. I mean, it gets. And, and, and let me tell you, I fucking watch Arrow. <laughs> like and most of the time enjoy Arrow so that's a thing like yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. your show is too dark just for the yeah, sake of it yeah. like, but so I and, and, and I am because I've, I've grown up in comic books I'm the kind of person who's like no but I have to have seen like issue one in order to read issue two which is stupid because yeah. they're five different shows yeah. but anyway uh, so I haven't seen most of the, the Marvel Netflix stuff and so I'm not I don't acutely feel any loss at those not being part of the, the bigger broader universe but, like, yeah, of the things on the, the Marvel slate, there was, like, nine of them or whatever, and I think five of them were TV shows that yeah. are going to be on Disney+. Plus. And the thing is, the, the Disney Plus shows, if, if any, again, if anybody watching this doesn't know, Disney Plus shows are going to be featuring characters from the movies played by actors who are in the movies, continuing stories from the movies. You know, there's a Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, show coming up where Howard Mackey gets to wear the Captain America costume for the first time. I'm sorry. I still just because it's Winter Soldier. I just still want him. Like I, somebody needs to make art if it doesn't already exist of like him with a falcon on yeah. his head, <laughs> just because he has the art. You know, it's like it just be that would be awesome. Like a parody oh, of that old Jerry Ordway Superman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or just one of those like Turner and Hooch type films oh, where right, it's yeah. just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Boss Logic. If you're watching, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. Five people got that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so that my biggest takeaway, honestly, was that outside of the Marvel stuff, it was it was pretty chill. Like it was it was a a lot of movie studios didn't come this year. Even the people who came, like Marvel or Warner Brothers Television, came and they brought Supergirl and 
Flash and Arrow and Riverdale and a bunch of other stuff. But, yeah. like, there was no Krypton press room, which is ostensibly because, like, there's only three episodes left in this season and it hasn't officially been renewed yet, although it seems pretty much a given considering there's a spinoff coming next year. Yeah. Um, I, that was the only reason, honestly, I was kind of surprised they didn't do more for Krypton. It's not because of this season, but because Lobo's coming. Yeah. yeah. It was like, they brought Cam Cuff, uh, the, the star, he plays Superman's grandfather. And so, like, I did an interview with him, and he, he was shopped around for interviews, and then he was at the Warner Brothers party and the EW party to get his picture taken with famous people and stuff. Yeah. So, like, it's not like they did nothing, but... I think so they did nothing for Joker. Th- nope, they did nothing for Joker, which is funny, because I remember... Uh, <laughs> that actually does... That. Warner Brothers pictures didn't come at all. Yeah. So, uh, I, here's my thing. I don't... I think... My guess is that uh, Joaquin Phoenix would go. Just because I remember when he got cast thinking, like... Oh man, it's gonna be weird, like watching Joaquin Phoenix pretend he cares about Comic Con. Yeah. Like I think I made that joke at the time. Yeah. And so I think that what happened was they couldn't figure out a way to make him pretend he cared yeah. about Comic Con. I feel like I mean I, I I I'm happy to have you know uh, obviously have you know you have Christian Bale you have Academy yeah. Award winning actors like playing playing the comic book roles, but I feel like. Especially, like, you were, you were telling me, I mean, we'll get to it uh, soon, but, like, Melissa Bonet's, like, story about, oh, my God, I'm so excited yeah, to be yeah. in a Kevin Smith film, which is yeah. a thing upon itself, um, you know, like, which is cool upon itself as to Kevin Smith, like, yeah, you know, right, fans. Right. Uh, but it's, it was, like, to me, I was just, like, there has to be some sort of prerequisite, I yeah. think. It was just, like, look at this is the world. Yeah. This is the thing you do. Like, it's not even, like, okay, I get that the Joker that they're doing is kind of an arty whatever, you know, thing, and I, you know, I look forward to it as... Kind of. Um, I you feel, know, it's funny. Yeah. I'm more excited about that movie as it exists yeah. than I am about the idea of a Joker movie. Like, yeah. The idea yeah, of yeah. a Joker movie is not appealing to me yeah. at all. But I watch the trailers and I look at what they've been doing, and I'm like, that looks like it's going to be a good movie. I, I just, I, I mainly, I just want DC to start like being like in the same realm at least of the Marvel. Yeah. I mean, I was, just so that like we can have like kingdom come one day yeah. um but anyway <laughs> we'll get to that later that's literally my only that's my only care about the dc universe is like does this lead to kingdom come ever being on screen that we can have a 750 yeah. million dollar blockbuster well, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get to but, kingdom come but it, but it is a whole no um but um it is the thing that you know it's just like i feel at this point especially at this point i think christian bale is a i don't know if he did it i don't remember i don't think, I, I don't think i don't think so but i don't remember yeah, um, I mean, and obviously it, it, was, it feels like they must have because there was three fucking movies. I, I mean, I know he did. I know he did the. I know he did red carpets. I know he did the. Yeah. You know, the boxing. You know, it was. Yeah, and I mean, that, he, he I certainly didn't. like. They all play ball pretty well. Yeah, but sometimes the the, the degree to which they play ball, they're just not required. Yeah. yeah, but I agree with you. I think that that the nature of comic book movies, the nature of like genre entertainment now, is that like you know what it needs to be in people's contracts like if you agree to do the title role in a major motion picture based on a comic book like look man I'm sorry you have to do comic comic yeah yeah it's I mean it's not Lord of the Rings where it's like if it's Lord of the Rings then I'm like okay you're you're too good for nerd culture which is super weird um and I get you know and I get that Phoenix's like entire life is I'm too good for everyone that's um when he's kind of middle of the road like he's good sometimes but it's not but, and I'm a fan of his work. That motherfucker is a fan signs, of his friend. Show some respect. <laughs> Sorry, all I could ever think of is the very mean, um, the very mean Family Guy bit where they talk about they have this flashback uh, where it's like kind of like Stand by Me flashbacks where it's like, oh, and then you know River Phoenix because River Phoenix, uh, they're like River Phoenix, and all we're left with is the hair lips, uh, whatever of uh, generation yeah. of his thing. It's like it's very mean, but it's every time I see him, that's the only thing that the ever thing comes along. Yeah. Especially anytime he's a fucking asshole, like. 
like not I mean again we're yeah, completely yeah. imagining this could have yeah, been a I, DC I decision yeah. that they didn't do it but it is irritating because it's like oh come on like I mean I guess that as we have right right now there's like not really anyone else in the film yeah like, is it, well, I mean, who else I mean is Zazie Beats I mean the, the film's done oh no no I mean but I'm but, saying it's not like it's not first off it's not like Justice League where there's like a you yeah. know you have a cast I mean, of like 17 actors who are all like it, you know, I mean, it would have been it would have been a thing that got them attention if they had brought the movie simply because oh yeah like in the same way that Paramount this year brought Tom Cruise and yeah. everybody's like holy shit Tom Cruise went to Comic Con yeah uh, you could have done that with De Niro yeah because De Niro plays like a talk show oh, host yeah. and that. at least he's yeah. like a propagandist yeah like, yeah it, yeah it's just I mean it's just, again it's weird because it, it's yeah. it's gonna be released before New York or before I think it's like the or maybe maybe they'll do New York it might be right after it I and my brain keeps getting frozen there's so many yeah. comic book movies coming out right now yeah. um. I feel like it's either August, which would be obviously before New York, or yeah. October. I think it's October. Yeah. But if it is October, I um, keep. I, I don't remember whether it would be before or after New York. Yeah. Um, I, I, we're not going to edit any of this, and so I'm not going <laughs> to find out. But we put a little. I believe <laughs> it's before New York Comic Con, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So it's plausible to have a New York thing, especially because they shot in New York. And yeah, yeah, okay, Everybody yeah. except yeah. for Phoenix are New York locals, so, yeah. and so maybe. Yeah. Um, will, but, like, I feel like San Diego was the opportunity for yeah, that yeah. to happen. I mean, maybe, yeah, I mean, like, obviously the director could show up. Anyway. But, I mean, I also anyway, it's, anyway, it's a movie that was shot for yeah. $25 million or whatever they shot it for. Probably, they were just like, no. like We're not going to spend $20 million to yeah, go to Comic-Con. We're not going to spend $20 million to go to Comic-Con. To get the fan base that's going to go see this anyway. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. the Venn diagram of people who, yeah, are, yeah. But anyway, so... Um, do you want to? Should we go to Kevin Smith, or do we want to stay in the? Yeah, why don't we do Kevin Smith first? Because like, uh, actually, you know what? Let's bounce over to the Arrowverse because okay. like, yeah. there's some cool stuff that happened there, and and Kingdom Come. Ah, um, yes. Anyway, um. uh, <laughs> so uh, the the big thing that came out of the Arrowverse yeah. stuff uh, was that Brandon Routh is going to be Superman again. Yes, and specifically, he's going to be Kingdom Come Superman. Yeah. And so, like, I don't, like, that does not in any way, shape, or form mean we're going to get Kingdom Come. Because, like, <laughs> it's Christ's son of Earth. So I imagine what's going to happen is that he's going to show up and be like, hey, my Earth got destroyed and I need your help. Mm-hmm. Which is basically what John Wesley Shipp's Flash did during Elseworlds last year. Uh, yeah. it, for anybody who doesn't know, John Wesley Shipp was the guy who played the Flash in the 1990 TV show uh, on CBS. And then he showed up, he was cast originally on the Flash as Barry's father. And then, like, the, he he was murdered, and then John Wesley Shipp showed back up again as Jay Garrick, who was, like, in the comics, The Flash from the 30s, who was not in the TV show, really. Uh, and so it was, like, a nice wink and a nod. Like, he he's the old Flash, remember? And then uh, he was in a couple of episodes like that, and then kind of they stopped using him. And so then he showed up in Elseworlds last year, which was the, the last big crossover of, of the four uh, Arrowverse shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was the Flash from a place called Earth 90, which is, you know, it was the 1990 TV show. And uh, the, un- the understanding I have is you're going to see more of that kind of wink and a nod stuff where, like, you're going to have people who are from Earth insert a number here, and that number is going to reference, like, oh, yeah, that's when the, the yeah. TV show they were in, the movie they were in. Yeah. Um, but, so we, uh, should, we will see Superman from... I don't remember when Lewis Owen Lois and Clark was on. <laughs> um, that would have been like ninety three because remember that they they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they were going to kill Superman yeah. and the network made them stop because yeah. they were like or no, no that's wrong that's wrong they were going to marry Superman and Superman and Lois were going to get married and 
they were like, no, but we're doing a TV show about Lois Lane, and so yeah. you kind of have to not do that because we want to sync up when the TV show and the comics marry them. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, so that's what led to the death of Superman because they needed something equally big to put in Adventures <laughs> of Superman 500. And now Dean Cain is a complete insane. Like the other reason I thought of that yeah, was yeah. that the last clip I saw of Dean Cain was to, saying something completely insane about oh, yeah. anti-fascists or something. I don't oh, remember, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see if he shows up because um, in Crisis, I mean. They haven't said anything at all about him. Um, Supergirl has a history of hiring, like very much like all the Arrowverse shows do. Supergirl has a history of hiring that kind of like uh, like the legacy talent, so to speak. Um, Dean Cain actually plays uh, Supergirl's adoptive father, mm-hmm. uh, so like is a regular human guy doesn't have any powers or anything in the show, and uh, so like. And, and then Helen Slater, who played Supergirl in the 1984 movies, his wife on the show. Um, and then, like, he he became a bad guy and kind of vanished. And I, I almost feel like the reason that they made him a bad guy and made him vanish is because Supergirl is such a progressive show, and everybody on it was probably, like, working with him as a nightmare. Uh, I have nothing to base this on. Like, I, I'm friendly with the Supergirl people. Nobody has ever said a bad word about Dean Cain, just to be clear. But, like, that's the impression I get, because, like... I had the hardest time, especially because he's so aggressively terrible to people. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like it's not even the, like his politics. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, the fact that he he's like Adam Baldwin. He yeah. gets so petty and personal yeah, about yeah. it that you're like, okay, this is not yeah. a scene. He's not John Boyd, where it's like I found you. Know, you find out that he's right. Exactly. Like you find out the opposite way with that. They come at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in some series, actually do come at you. <laughs> no, James Woods. <laughs> yes. Um, oh. But yeah, so uh, so I don't know. I don't know if we'll see that, but I do know like we'll we'll see. Um, I think we're going to see John Wesley Ship again. We're going to definitely see Brandon Routh, which obviously Brandon was Superman. Superman Returns back yeah. in the ninety or in two thousand five or six. Um, <clears throat> I uh, Brandon will, also, will, by the way, will we see uh, Kevin or Kevin Spacey though? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I, when I talked to Stephen Amell um, at, oh, at Comic-Con, I asked him... Because the thing I asked everybody at Arrow was, like, uh, Hand of God comes down and says, you personally can make an executive decision about Crisis. Yeah. What is the one-person thing, universe, whatever, that you would want to see in the show? Yeah. And uh, Stephen Amell basically said that he's been trying to convince the producers to get um, Tom Welling and uh, Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. Yeah. And... I think it's on the table. I don't know if it'll happen, but I think it's on yeah. the table because uh, several times over the course of the weekend when people talked about having both Tyler Hecklin and Brandon Routh come on, mm-hmm. instead of saying the show's going to have two Supermen, it said, like, the show's going to have at least two Supermen, which to me indicates that they're looking to add more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was the big one. Uh, Crisis, again, for people who don't know, because, like, this is all incredibly inside baseball. Um Crisis on Infinite Earths is a comic book story from the 80s. And at the time, uh, the idea was that the DC Universe had gotten way too complicated. There were all these like alternate worlds and alternate timelines. And there were all these stories where it was like, hey, we're going to marry Superman and Lois, or we're going to kill somebody, or we're going to do whatever. And then at the end of the issue, it's just like, fooled you, this was on Earth-237. You'll never see these people again. And, and so the Marv Wolfman, who at the time was doing Teen Titans for DC, was like, this is all, this is insanity. Like, nobody can keep track of any of this. Yeah. And, uh, uh, he's not wrong. The other argument is, like, who really needs to take 
keep that close yeah, track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of comic yeah, no, book. I don't yeah. know. It has like an Excel as, sheet. As, as long as it's not like hurting your your regular book. As long yeah. as like because if it doesn't count, then who cares? Yeah. But but like crisis, but then nothing counts. I mean, that's well, that's, that's always the problem. I mean, that's that's I think one of the biggest arguments in comic books in general yeah. is that like. No, I know that Superman's not going to die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, but I mean, I think we thought as a, I don't know, oh, yeah, like, we thought that, like, as, as Superman, as kids, oh my god, like, Superman's dead! <laughs> I, I didn't think that he would ever be dead dead, because, like, almost nobody stays dead dead. But yeah. I do remember when uh, Reign of the Superman happened, yeah. which came after the death, and it had, like, these four guys who were all, like, really weird, uh, each saying they were Superman, essentially. I remember, like, actively theorizing about which, which one of them was going to be yeah, the yeah, guy. Too, yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't think that anybody ever thought he would stay dead, but when they introduced the replacements, but I was like, oh, Superman. shit, there's going to be a new Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, Crisis uh, take, took all of the uh, Infinite Earths and, uh, and put them under threat from this being called the Anti-Monitor that wanted to basically destroy the positive matter universe and turn everything into anti-matter, anti-matter so he could rule it. And uh, uh, his, like, other universe counterpart, the Monitor, was actually introduced last year in the Elseworlds crossover that they did. And uh, so, very short version of an incredibly long story. At the end, uh, Supergirl died, The Flash died, all of the universes were squashed together into one, we called it, sometimes colloquially people would call it Clutter Earth, because it was like all of the continuities of all of these disparate different things maybe mostly kind of sort of happened, and so it was like all the stories from the 30s that had been relegated to Earth 2, now it became like, oh, but there was a generation of heroes before Superman, and that's the characters from the Golden Age. And then like all of the stories from various different comic book companies that DC had acquired... Um, by and large, their backstory got forgotten, but then they got rolled into the DC universe. So it was like after Crisis, suddenly Blue Beetle was a part of the DC universe, and suddenly Shazam was part of the DC universe, and all these things, which is actually kind of weird when you think about the fact that Shazam, like, has only been part of the DC universe since Crisis, and like, it's one of—I mean, it is one of the best-known properties. Like, yeah. granted, that movie wasn't like a billion-dollar success, and, yeah. Like, yeah. but I mean, there was an animated show, there was a TV show, both of those were pretty DC. Yeah. Um, but, like, Isis, who, from the Shazam Isis hour, mm-hmm. um, there's a version of her... Not on, to be confused with... Yeah, not to be confused with the terrorist, terrorist group. group. And, in fact, they don't call her Isis on TV because of that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, Zari from DC's Legends of Tomorrow is a version of Isis. And so, like, it's it's weird how well-known that is. But anyway, so Crisis on Infinite Earths is coming. It's uh, it's going to be, among other things, the end of Arrow, which was the uh, the flagship show from, from the Arrowverse. And... Uh, there, so there are going to be a bunch of different people with cameos, and a lot of those are going to be like the so-and-so from Earth such-and-such. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they, they announced at the panel for Batwoman, which Batwoman is a new show, and it's going to be coming in and joining the Arrowverse. And uh, I feel really bad for those writers, because they have to spend the first half of their season just being like, Crisis is coming. You don't know any of our characters yet, but Crisis is coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's... Uh, uh, all five shows are going to take part. It's going to take place in December and January. Mm-hmm. Arrow's going to end at the end because uh, we've been told in no uncertain terms that Oliver Queen is going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I assume that like the last Arrow episode after Crisis will just be his funeral, and that's the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so you like you got a lot of cool announcements. Like the, the Batwoman panel announced that uh, Burt Ward is going to have a role and play Robin in the 1966 Batman show. Yeah. I assume it'll be like 
he'll be like either the Batman of Earth sixty six or yeah. something like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, I've heard like through my grapevine like a bunch of other rumors, which I won't repeat here yet because I want to make money off of those, and so I'm going to do those for my other job. But um, but so yeah, it's it's going to be a really cool mm-hmm. kind of really big thing, and that was like the biggest piece of the Warner Television stuff that came at us. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh, that's the Arrowverse stuff. I mean, there was a lot more kind of announced, and there's a lot of, like, Supergirl got a new costume, which is a little bit more like what they're doing in the comics right now, where she doesn't have a skirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not, not that she's naked, but she has pants. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they showed new costumes for everybody on Arrow. Uh, they, everybody has noticed that Spartan, which is John Diggle's character, played by David Ramsey, mm-hmm. his, his costume, if you look at it right, uh, it has, like, green trim, and it's, it's yeah. like, this, this looks kind of like a green Arrow, or Green Lantern costume, which, like, because... There, always, there's been this thing like among the fans, which I always thought was a little bit racist, but um, mm-hmm. because he's black and his name's John and he used to be in the military, people are like, oh, that's John Stewart from the Green Lantern comics. It's like, no, his <laughs> name's not John. Good enough, good enough. He's John. Yeah, he's he's got black. the first name. It's not like yeah. it's a you know a generic name for yeah. people or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. Um, because so many fans wanted it, yeah. they essentially set it up in Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. Like when the Flash of Earth 90 shows up, he sees Diggle and he goes, John, why aren't you wearing your ring? Um, and so I'm assuming we'll see some ver- like it, special effects wise it cost a fortune to make yeah, yeah. a Green Lantern I imagine what we'll see is like we'll see some version on some earth of John Diggle where his like eyes just turn green and like pew, there's just a flash of green light and that's all you see Yeah. and first of all that'll mean that they don't have to pay for special effects and second of all that'll mean there's plausible deniability if the Arrowverse yeah. people are like, nope, that's not going to interfere with the Green Lantern movie. <laughs> um, but anyway, so like, there's a lot of little things, but really the crisis stuff is what everybody was talking about. And then that's like the thing that dominated most of the Warner Brothers television stuff that wasn't like Supernatural in Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, Supernatural is ending, uh, which, spoilers. Um, have, you, have you seen, by the way, what the end of season 14 was? Because it's bananas. No, no. Um, I, I know you don't watch regularly. I don't right. actually watch super regularly, but I do watch enough of it for work because I talk to the cast all the time because I'm Warner Brothers television guy. Um, yeah, so uh, there's this character, Chuck, at, who was introduced in like, season four or something. Mm-hmm. He's only appeared periodically, but what we discovered over time is he's God. Yeah. And so sometimes they've been able to turn to him when they needed like a Deus Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Most of the time he's just like kind of watching stuff. And uh, what they revealed at the end of season 14 is that essentially, yeah, he's been watching stuff in a very literal way. Yeah. He, like, Supernatural's his favorite show. <laughs> and so a lot of the stuff that's been, like, all, all the terrible things that have happened to these people in the last yeah. 14 years, it's basically because he was like, oh, that'd be an interesting story. Um, <laughs> Wait, so it's, what was that, uh, um, what was the TV show where they wake up from a dream and it's, it was the hotel? Oh, uh, 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 St. Elsewhere, right? Maybe they do that too. It was the. Uh, Damn it. We, I think St. Elsewhere. No, no, St. Elsewhere was the one oh. where the, the snow globe. Um, oh, yeah. Shoot. I know what you're oh talking about. God. It's like a picture of the act. <laughs> but the guy who comes out of the shower and the whole thing was a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah yes, so. except that no, because yes, like, in universe, Supernatural still happened. It's just yeah, that no, God was messing yeah, yeah. with them the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so here's the thing. Like, there was some. I can't remember what it was, but that, like. God gave him a gun that could kill anything, basically. Heart, heart to heart? No. No. Newhart was the New one. Heart. Yeah, oh, Newhart was the. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking the one with the guy in the shower. This um, is very important, but yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking the one where the guy came out of the shower because, like, he had died the previous season, and then like you found out the whole last season was a dream. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Or, you know, Roseanne, where yeah, you found out the whole last season was a book that she wrote to deal with her husband's death, which then turns out he didn't really die. Yeah, because now she's dead, but he's not. <laughs> she's um, a terrible person. Yeah, yes. Anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so in, in Supernatural's final season, the bad guy's God. This, this yeah. is a spoiler. Like, at the end of season 14, he, like, he wanted somebody killed, and he gave him this gun that could kill anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, but it was, it was a, like, because it's a TV show to him, and because this is entertainment for him. Uh, it was, you can kill anything with this, but when you pull the trigger, you die too. You sacrifice yourself to... And ultimately, what ends up happening is that one of the two brothers, who's the, the heart of the show, figures out that God's not really the good guy here, and tries to kill God with it. And so it like does a hard cut to black, and you're like, oh shit, they just destroy the universe for the end of the season? Um, <laughs> That's just the ending of Sopranos. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that why Sopranos <laughs> cut to black? There you go. <laughs> okay. But so, uh, so yeah, then basically it comes back, and God's like, no, fuck you, and uh, brings about a zombie apocalypse. That's the end of season 14, yeah. is that God has abandoned them, everything's going wrong, there's a zombie apocalypse, yeah. and cut, like that's when they cut to black for real. Yeah. Um, and so the, the 15th and final season is going to be like hell on earth, and they're trying to fight God. Like, yeah. And that's actually, it's funny because it kind of reminds me of Preacher, because like the big revelation over the course of the series was that God was not God day to day. Like, the boys always thought that they were the only thing saving the world because God was, like, essentially on vacation. Yeah. And, like, that's still kind of sort of true, I guess, from the perspective of, of them narratively. But it's more than just, like, hey, he's on vacation and we have to make him take it, take responsibility for him, which is the premise of Preacher. Yeah. It's more like, you know, he's been messing with you personally, actively this whole time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, like talking about the last season, talking about all that kind of stuff. And, and like, obviously, because Supernatural's been running since Jesus was born, um, it's it's a big deal. You yep. know? It's, it's the longest-running sci-fi show or horror show, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's the longest-running genre show of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's ending this season, and everybody was very teary-eyed about it. They gave away one of the cars, like, the, the Black Impala. Oh, wow. Because they have, like, five of them for the yeah, show, obviously. Yeah. And now that they're, like, shooting the final season, they basically just figured out a way, how can we do this without one of the cars? Yeah. And they gave it away to, like, some somebody at the... Um, at the panel. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, yeah, that, that's, in my experience, um, Supernatural is one of the few fan bases that are good people. Yeah, it's really, I mean, there, <laughs> like, are, there are a handful of crazy yeah, people yeah, in that yeah. fandom, but by and large, they are some <laughs> like, of the nicest people. Yeah, yeah. And the cast is that way, too. It's actually, I want to cover that show more. Like, I want, yeah. I've been saying for years I want to cover the show more. The problem is, again, my personal, like, crazy OCD thing of, like, no, I need to, to know, I need to watch it from the beginning so yeah, I know yeah. everything. And it's like, since I didn't start covering it until, like, season 11, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's a lot. Um, yeah. But so, like, yeah, but it's, it's... And again, every fandom does have some elements that are crazy. But, like, the Supernatural, like, family, yeah. which is what they call themselves, um, by and large are really good yeah. people. They do a lot of charity work. They do They've had to save their show about 14 times. Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like that sh- the well, show I mean, literally never ended. It was like, the, the it, fight to, like, save Supernatural. I mean, it, like, it, it did. It did end for a while, but yeah, it's funny yeah, because yeah. what happened was... Um, you know, Supernatural was one was its last remaining show from the WB oh from God, before yeah, wow. the CW was a thing. survived. <laughs> yeah, it or survived that. Um, and and so at the time it was like there was it was always on the cusp of cancellation, and they were like, "Got to save the show, got to save the show." And then like Netflix and everything happened, and TV ratings started to plummet. And Supernatural has basically just always stayed the same. Mm-hmm. 
And so, just by not losing its audience, and again, this is entirely because the fans are awesome. Yeah. But, like, just by not losing its audience, yeah. suddenly Supernatural looks really good. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, everybody else is plummeting. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, no, now you're, like, the highest or second highest rated show on the network. Yeah. By virtue of, like, attrition. <laughs> virtue of the rest of the world falling around. Yeah. <laughs> because Supernatural is immune to the heat death of the universe. Yeah, yeah. And so, it's this it's hilarious thing where the reason that they had to stop, like, and they didn't have to stop, but the reason they stopped having to campaign to save their show yeah, yeah. is because TV died around Supernatural, and Supernatural just kind of stood there watching. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, like to me, it's fucking fascinating. It's like that and The Simpsons are like the two shows yeah. that, it, like, at The Simpsons though will uh, will survive the zombie apocalypse. There will still be Korean animators, yeah. <laughs> like producing it long after the world ends around. Everything. Especially now that they're owned by Disney, like, yeah. I feel like when it was Fox and it was like their homegrown thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know, there used to be the thing every couple of years where you have a fight with the cast. Yeah, and, like, because maybe they're, the show won't come they're back. each making like $42 million yeah. an episode. And yeah, and, and nobody wants to take a pay cut, but then the network doesn't want to give them a raise because they're making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like, I, I feel like what's going to happen is that sooner or later Disney's just going to recast the whole fucking thing because they're Disney and they don't care. Like, yeah. they, they didn't make it, they don't care. It's, it's, the, it's the only credible argument I've seen for why Avatar won't come back out in theaters and beat Avengers again now that Avengers is finally beat yeah. it. Is people who are just like, yeah, but they're a lot more proud of making the Avengers than they are of buying Avatar. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, actually, somebody at work with me pointed out that like if they if they attach it to instead of like doing a reissue to get people caught up, mm-hmm. if they do a like a double feature thing, yeah. then they can count all that money towards the box office of Avatar two. Yeah, and so Avatar makes a bunch of money. Yeah, doesn't overtake Endgame and gives a cushion to the Avatar 2 box office which I think is guaranteed to be disappointing yeah um, anyway that's a whole other conversation yeah. but uh, but yeah so Supernatural was a big thing uh, they didn't really tell you a lot because there's not a lot to tell all these shows uh, at least the, the CW shows have started shooting like last week or this week mm-hmm. I went to the, the Nancy Drew uh, panel mm-hmm. I didn't actually get to their press is that, room, that's not who, who's in it? It's not the. It's not girl from uh, it. That's a different thing, right? Yeah, that's. There's a feature film that went to right. Uh, right to yeah, TV. yeah, okay, yeah. And that one, that was a, a much more traditional Nancy Drew. It's yeah. like aimed towards a younger audience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sophie Lillis is the one from it, the redhead. Yeah. Um, but Kennedy McMahon is in this one. It's basically Riverdale too. Um, it. I mean, and, and that's. I, uh, it's actually that's not entirely fair. It feels to me more like. Um, Veronica Mars than Riverdale, yeah. but because it's on the CW and because of like some of the plot elements they use, like the whole sh- the whole season is going to center around this mystery where it's like one of your main characters, well, not one of your, all of your main characters are the suspects. Yeah. Like what happens is Nancy Drew is working at a diner. There's like <laughs> this mob guy who is in. I mean, they don't say he's a mob guy, but he's a mob guy. Yeah. yeah. Like he's a rich dude who owns a bunch of businesses, but the guys with him are like goons. Yeah. Um, is there is there a drive-in movie theater that they're trying to build condos on? I mean, I, I, I don't think yet. It's a maple syrup. Uh. <laughs> very, very possible. Um, I mean, it would be super fun that it's like the next time town over. Yeah. Oh, that like, would, I mean, be a but, fun process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, in this one, basically, what happens is like, dude's there. His wife is out in the car, and like, he's like, "Hey, my wife's waiting for us outside. Can you bring her something to eat?" Mm-hmm. So Nancy goes and brings her food. And then, like, ten minutes later, there's a power outage, and when Nancy goes to check on the the wife, she's been murdered. And so, like, there's one dude who was, like, serving food Mm -hmm. to the mob guys. Yeah. But, like, every other person in the restaurant has no alibi because the power went out and there's no security cameras. Yeah. And 
like, you know, Nancy is the prime suspect because she went outside and, like, yeah, yeah. her fingerprints are on this lady's plate. Yeah. And, like, she was the one who found the body and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But so, um, so, like, that's the, the setup for the thing. And there's definitely, like, more supernatural elements to this than there are in Riverdale. Like, in Riverdale, it's, like, the Scooby-Doo thing mm-hmm. where it's, like, there's the creepy gargoyle king, but then you find out, no, the creepy gargoyle king's well, just a douchebag in yeah, yeah. a costume inspired by a role-playing game. Yeah. Whereas, like, in, in Nancy Drew... As far as I can tell, and also as far as the showrunners have said, mm-hmm. it's like legit ghost stories involved. Um, the whole thing centers around this like years old murder, where the rumor is that this girl, this like teenage girl who got murdered, her ghost haunts the city. Mm-hmm. And like the pilot ends with Nancy, and this is not really a spoiler because it's in the trailer for the show. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to be spoiled on the last thirty seconds of the episode, like go forward two minutes. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, the pilot ends with Nancy going up to her attic and finding out that her parents have been hiding this bloodstained dress of the girl who got murdered in a in a trunk for years. Yeah. And then, like, as she pulls it out to examine it, the ghost of the girl appears behind her. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so that was it. Was a pretty good pilot. It's not didn't great. They, didn't they find a bloodstained dress along the riverside on, in Riverdale? Wasn't that like what? Maybe what, there was a bloodstained dress at some. Or, I mean, the the murder victim. Or they found the jack. I'm trying to remember. Anyway. Well, I'm just trying to find more. <laughs> More direct line comparisons. Well, I mean, <laughs> one thing that I can say is that in Riverdale, um, yeah. they found the corpse in the ri- like he washed yeah, up yeah. in the river at the end yeah, of the pilot. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Nancy Drew, they they never found the body. Oh, it was the jacket they found in the in oh, the trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the what jacket. I was trying to think of. And, yeah. But even yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah, really bloodstained. It was yeah, just, yeah, it was just know, proof know, that yeah, one person had yeah, yeah. the murder victim's belongings. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. There was that. <laughs> but but um, yeah. in this one, there's no body. But the girl is presumed to have fallen over a waterfall, mm-hmm. and so it's like <laughs> it, it, maybe it's like her body's going to pop up in Riverdale. <laughs> but so that, yeah, downstream, it's like yeah. it's like the Simpsons or Springfield and uh, oh, who is Shelbyville? Tree? Shelbyville, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, um, by the way, that's the show I actually lo- would love to see like one season of. Yeah. It's like anyway, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Nancy Drew pilot, from what I saw, like it. I'm mean, not from what I saw. I saw the pilot. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> It was solid. It wasn't great. Um, I like. I'm intrigued enough to watch some more, especially because, like, having grown up in the '80s, I, I read a lot of Hardy Boys, and like, I have some degree of emotional attachment to those properties. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but some. Yeah. Um, they do. As far as I know, they're still planning on making more of those direct-to-DVD movies with Lillis, assuming that the second It movie doesn't make her too expensive to do it. Yeah. Uh, but it's very much like how they they're doing a Critters TV show for Shutter and a Critters direct-to-DVD series for Warner Brothers Home Entertainment yeah. it's just like I think they're like as long as we're speaking to different audiences it doesn't really matter that they're yeah. you know yeah. which again is something that's been pioneered by DC yeah. like you have the movies you have the cartoons you have the TV shows and, and they've managed to make it work and I think that's given Warner Brothers confidence that like no this is a thing we can do yeah um, I mean Star Wars did it for years and years yeah exactly and years with, like kind of everything is the comics everything and the books a little bit. Blah, maybe blah. it's canon maybe it's not until we decide it's not because yeah it, it was all actually it was all ostensibly I mean except yeah. for the cartoons like the droids and Ewoks cartoons yeah. I think were ever canon but like yeah all those books and comics and stuff were all ostensibly canon up until the Disney acquisition when they were just like no we're making new movies all that shit forget it yeah but yeah, I watched. Uh, I did the Nancy Drew thing. And like I said, it's, it's a good enough show. It's it's not nearly as stylish as Riverdale, but I mean, kind of what is like, that's Riverdale's thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of all shakes out. But I like the cast a lot. Um, there's this girl I can't remember her name for the life of me. Late Leah Lewis, I think, but she plays George, who is like the manager of the restaurant. Uh, I haven't read Nancy Drew books ever. I read Hardy Boys as a kid. I'm assuming George used to be like a. Because like a lot of the characters in the show 
are reinvent like they are versions of characters who did exist in the Nancy Drew books, even though they basically are in name only. Yeah. Um, but so there's this girl called George. She's the manager. She doesn't particularly like Nancy, um, but she's got a really snarky like wit about her. Yeah. Uh, in the trailer, there's a there's a, a shot where the sheriff says something like. Nancy Drew and like the out of town person goes why do you say her name like that <laughs> and the sheriff goes she used to make my job a lot harder and George's response is you mean do it for you and I'm just like oh so you're Veronica Mars I see because <laughs> um, that's like literally an exchange that happened in the first season of Veronica yeah, yeah, Mars yeah. Like, word for word um, but it's a weird choice because like George got that line instead of Nancy yeah. so it's like you're establishing that Nancy isn't Veronica that, like this random person she she works with yeah. is. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, and then, I, then Riverdale. I'm just directing us through the rest of the Warner Brothers television mm-hmm. so we don't have to backtrack. Yeah. Um, but then, then, yeah, Riverdale. Uh, Riverdale is a weird... It, it was a weird um, press room because obviously the thing that's looming over Riverdale is the passing Blue Perry. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw... Um, the First of all, the, the first episode is going to be a, like a tribute to Luke Perry slash this is how we are saying goodbye to Fred, which mm-hmm. is his character on the show. Um, he passed away. They were almost done with production, but not yeah. done last year. And so basically, you just didn't see him. They like there was a passing line of dialogue where he was out of town on business or something. Yeah, I don't know what business. You know, he owns a construction company, but as far as I can tell, only seems to do business in Riverdale. Yeah. Um, I think what's going to end up happening is that you're going to find out that like he had a girlfriend that he was going to see secretly, yeah. and like she's the one who found the body. Um, and the reason I think this is because they've given you zero details about who she plays, but they did cast um, Shannon Doherty to play a small but emotionally significant role or something like yeah. that in yeah. in the Eagle Luke Perry episode. Yeah. And apparently Luke and Shannon stayed friends after... Um, after 90210 mm-hmm. and he'd been Which trying is... to get her on Riverdale since the beginning and it just never yeah. like it was never the right fit like they wanted her to come and do um now I, I heard through the grapevine so I shouldn't probably say exactly who because I don't want to be like a source for somebody to be like oh no that actor yeah. didn't, you know but they wanted her to come and do another specific role that was like a recurring role and mm-hmm. she didn't think that she was going to be able to do like multiple episodes and so yeah. um which now a 90210 reboot is happening it is, yeah, and Fred was supposed to be in it. Yeah, um, Shannon wasn't supposed to be in it, although I think that now that he passed away, she's doing it, and I suspect it's going to be basically the same thing. Because I think that they ended up together at the end of the I could be wrong, I never watched it. But my understanding is I think those two ended up together at the end of the show. I was Melrose Place person. Yeah, there you go. I mean, not really. I, I actually, funny enough, I'd seen the 90210 on CW, yeah. like the reboot from a few years ago. Only one or two of them, but yeah. just like because it was on after Arrow or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Luke Perry was in that at least once, but. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, so uh, Doherty, I think, is probably going to end up doing the same thing in the 90210 thing. She didn't want to do it originally. I don't know she didn't want to do it, but she hadn't signed until yeah. after Perry passed away. And then I heard that she'd signed, and so probably she's going to be, like, there to be the voice of, like, that family because they ended up together and, like, we all miss Luke. Yeah. Um, and it's a bummer. Like, uh, uh, like stepping into, like, the, the shoes of somebody. Like, I cover the show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to overstate how much the people on the set of Riverdale loved Luke Perry. And, it, like, this isn't, like, a thing that came out after he died and everybody said, yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, on set, the first season before an episode had aired, everybody talked about how Luke was, like, the emotional core of 
the show and yeah. how he was the guy who he was like a father figure to all these kids and blah 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 and if you asked him he would always downplay he'd be like no I got nothing to teach them like mm -hmm. um, they're all great and like if they come to me with a question I'll, I'll answer it but I'm not going to try to tell them how to do stuff yeah. um, but every kid on the show was like yeah that that's true except that I come to him three times a week yeah. you know yeah. and so like it's going to be a really hard episode for them and that's it, it's actually like it's going to be a standalone thing which for Riverdale is crazy because Riverdale is basically a soap opera yeah yeah um so it's going to be a standalone episode so that that way they don't have to. Like, they didn't want to do, like, this heartfelt tribute to this guy they loved. Well, and then spend yeah. the last 30 seconds being like, oh, and in a year, Jughead's going to be naked. Yeah. You know, because... Which also, by the way, spoilers, this weird, weird thing. So last season ended, and it was like... Uh, Archie, Betty, and Veronica in their underwear around a fire like they've just burned their clothes. Mm-hmm. And like Jughead's not there, and Betty has his beanie, and Archie's like, every all the evidence has to has to go. You have to burn the hat, basically. And so everybody has taken that to be like they're implying that Jughead dies. Yeah. Which again is kind of like the death of Superman thing. You're like, no, he doesn't. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but you can still imply yeah, yeah. it. You can yeah. have some. There's just going to be a storyline that he right. died, that he's dead for right, or at two least episodes. there's a story where they're. <laughs> teasing that for the first mm -hmm. half of the season and then once you find out that he didn't but something else happened then they're paying it off mm -hmm. um, yeah that wasn't the intent at all um, apparently the scene was written with all four of them and uh, Cole didn't want to be in his underwear in the middle of the night in Vancouver which can't blame him um, that's not technically the entire truth uh, I actually I spoke to three different people who gave me three different versions of the same story <laughs> yes. I talked to KJ Appa and he yeah. said Cole was in that scene he didn't want to be cold in the middle of the night in Vancouver, so he wasn't in it. And now, like, people think he's dead because... <laughs> um, and then I talked to Cole Sprouse, and he's like, that's not true. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, this is not the kind of show where they rewrite stuff because somebody's whining they're cold. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't really give any other details except yeah. for, like, that's silly. Yeah. Uh, so then I talked to the showrunner, uh, yeah. Roberto Guerra-Sacasa. And I basically said, here's what, the, here's what the boys say, what the hell's going on with that scene? <laughs> um, and he said he originally wanted to do exactly what they did. He wanted to tease that Jughead was going to die. Yeah. But he's not, obviously. Um, and so he, he wanted to tease Jughead was going to die, and so he wrote it without Jughead, but also they all had clothes. Yeah. Um, they were just out there, and it was like burning something that was evidence. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the network and the studio basically wrote to him and they said, look, we know what you're trying to do, it's clever and all, but no, Cole, we want him in the scene. Yeah. So they put Jughead back in. And then the night of, the guy who was directing the episode yeah. was like, what if the evidence they're burning is their clothes and they're all standing in their underwear in the middle of the night? Yeah. And uh, it was a striking visual, not so much because like this is a cast full of beautiful people, so seeing them in their, in, <laughs> in their underwear is great, yeah. which is true, yeah. but because... And still will never stop being awkward every time we do. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, yes, hi, how yeah. you doing? Anyway, especially um, considering they're also, like, speaking of, like, the nicest people in the world. Oh, yeah, like, they remember wonderful. me behind the camera. Like, it's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. Like, them and the Black Lightning crew, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. I will never say a bad word about either show. No, not that I have had yeah, any bad words any to say, say but, yeah. but, like, just because, like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> so was I saying? Oh, oh, so uh, yeah. the way this all kind of came together is that... <laughs> They decide, but oh, uh, it wasn't just like that. Like it's cool to see them in their underwear; they're all yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah. It's that the at the beginning of the season, the first scene with all of them, yeah. they were in a swimming hole. Uh, 
And so now it's like you're standing, like at the end of the season, you're standing next to the river burning. And so it's like they're all in there, like it's the, it's a mirroring thing. Yeah. And it's, it's actually a really clever like bit of filmmaking if you think about it that way, which I never had. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, the Roberto was like, yes, I love it. Let's do it. Let's go. And that's when Cole was like, I don't really want to be in my underwear in the middle of the night in Vancouver. Yeah. And so, the director called Roberto, and he's like. Do we put clothes back on them? And he's like, no, you know what? If Cole doesn't want to be in the scene, he shouldn't have to be in the scene. And so they basically got what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when the network came and complained, they were like, no, it's all Cole. He didn't want to be in the scene. <laughs> and so it was like yeah, this Use great... a little bit of that star power with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Because like, that's why they wanted him in the shot. was yeah. because like, he's, you know, he's Cole. Yeah. Um, so it was this great thing of like, no, this is we got what we wanted in this weird sideways fashion and it also makes me wonder if maybe that was the like if that was all calculated like (laughs) everything that I've been told is slightly less true and that really what they were like is what if we change something small and then Cole objects and we can "Mm." yeah yeah Uh, I don't know that there's any truth to that but that would like my first inkling was like that all fell together really nicely I wonder if it was on purpose yeah 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 Um, for us I think like on a personal level um, I think the big announcement or the big uh, the panel was uh there's the beat. Yeah. <laughs> we knew it was coming. Um, yes, no, no, I'm going to keep that in. Um, but uh, was the I think the big thing was the uh, the Kevin Smith panel. Yeah. Um, he he announced. I mean, it's not really he didn't announce, but he announced at uh, uh, San Diego Comic Con to write a headline. You can you know with the clickbait. Um, so t- tell me about what 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 was uh, what was at least revealed beyond uh, the trailer. I guess. I mean, the trailer hit, um, and and unfortunately, it's a weird thing. Uh, I kind of wish that he had waited on the trailer until after the panel because there was so much cool stuff in the trailer yeah. that would have been really neat to get revealed at San Diego. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, because he always closes out the the night, it's really hard to hold on to stuff because like he'd be releasing it at eleven o'clock at night Pacific time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we saw the trailer. Um, I'll try to remember to put the link to the trailer and the the notes or whatever here, but. Um, you, the premise of Jane Silent Bob reboot is if you've seen the original Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, Jane Silent Bob find out that there's a movie being made based on Blunt Man and Chronic, these two comic book characters that were loosely based on them. And uh, because they're not getting any money out of it, they decide to go to Hollywood and try to stop the movie from being made. And Jane Silent Bob reboot is uh, they discover that there is a reboot being made of the comic <laughs> book that they're based on them. And so they decide to go to Hollywood and prevent it from getting made. Yep. <clears throat> and it's slightly more than that in terms of uh, first of all the reason that they want to go get um, the reason that they that they uh, get arrested because remember at the beginning of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back they got arrested because they pissed off the guys from Clerks yep. and they finally called the cops on them for dealing outside the store yeah um, in Reboot they get arrested they're running a legal uh, marijuana dispensary out of what used to be the video store but uh, they get busted and doesn't, there was no context in either the trailer or in the scenes I saw, but from what I was able to glean, it seems like the notoriety of Jane Silent Bob as a result of the reboot happening yeah. Yeah. is what led to them being targeted by the police. Lovely. It's like, yeah, it's like you know, some somebody wrote a story that was like, oh shit, like the, the stoners in this thing are based on these two guys in New Jersey who were yeah. marijuana dispensary, and yeah. yeah. Um, but so like they go and like Bluntman and Chronic in the movie are being played by Val Kilmer and Melissa Benoist. Uh, so you have Batman and Supergirl playing. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Affleck is in the movie, which was a thing. Like Ben Affleck hasn't been in any of Kevin's movies since Clerks Two, which was like two thousand four or something. Yeah, and uh, they hadn't spoken in like eight years or something. And so they're like Smith had recently, not super recently, but like two two years ago or something, done a thing where somebody asked him why hasn't he done anything with Affleck, and he basically said, I think Affleck doesn't really like me anymore. I think that like because I run my mouth all the damn time and he's a mega star. It's like, I say something dumb, it gets quoted all over the planet, and it's a fucking headache for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he basically was under the impression that Affleck didn't like him because he can't keep his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he told all these stories about Affleck at the panel. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it, in, in seriousness, like what happened was that uh, apparently Kevin McCarthy, who's an entertainment journalist out of D.C., had asked Affleck in an unrelated interview if he was going to do Reboot. And Affleck was basically like, if they ask... Yeah. Um, and so Smith ended up asking, and he kind of explained in the panel in a way that I thought was actually really kind of like thoughtful mm-hmm. that the re- part of the reason that he hadn't talked to Affleck for so many years was his own damn fault because it was like Affleck's busy as hell; he's a superstar, and like Smith hadn't been calling him because he knew if he called and Affleck blew him off or told him to fuck off, yeah. he's like, well, then it's real. Like, yeah, then yeah. the fact that this guy doesn't like me is actually true and not just a thing that I've made up in my head. Yeah. Um, but like so he reaches out everything goes cool he's actually got like an eight minute or eight page which I assume most things pages yeah, about a yeah. um, follow up to Chasing Amy that's going to be taking place in this movie mm-hmm. um, so yeah they showed us they, they talked a lot about the Affleck thing they talked a lot about um, the, kind of the road to making it and uh, they showed a couple of scenes from the movie in addition to the trailer uh, you yeah. see the scene where Brody informs them about the reboot <laughs> yeah um, and uh, you see another scene later that's like the movie within the movie where, um, like I said, Val Kilmer plays Blunt Man, Melissa Benoist plays Chronic, and Alfred the Butler is played by Tommy Chong. Um, <laughs> I'd be curious, they imply that uh, Kilmer has uh, uh, any speaking lines? Oh, or, uh, no, because has... he's Silent Pop. Oh, oh, shit. Blunt okay, man. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no, that and, makes sense. Just actually, because he has a, he's had a throat he surgeries, a throat. and there's, yeah. there's bad. And actually, um, I don't know how he knows Smith. I don't know, like, I don't know to what extent that's, like, the joke. Yeah. Because, um, like, in the, in the previous version, we never saw the characters in costume. Yeah. Like, Jason Diggs and James Vanderbeek were ostensibly blunt men in crime, but we never saw them in costume. Yeah. Jay and Bob, like, beat them up and and got into their costumes and went to the set to ruin the movie. Yeah. Um, no, no, uh, no hints at a, at a Hamill. There's no Hamill in this one. Um, it, I don't know if Cockknocker will be in this one at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did mention two different people who were courted. He said that they asked Hamill, and Hamill basically was very polite about it, but he had to decline, and he was basically like, look... Uh, at the time, there was no Star Wars. Now there's Star Wars. Yeah. Um, like his schedule is insanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. I, I didn't mean to, to make that sound like Hamill blew him off. Because, but but like that's how Smith phrased it. Was like yeah, yeah. now there's Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I'd also imagine in Marvel uh, and in Marvel and Disney is like yeah. <laughs> Disney probably is a lot less uh, forgiving than Lucasfilm is about the fact yeah. that they're using like parody lightsabers. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that uh, the other person who they actually was going to play Cockknocker and then had to pull out because of scheduling conflict was Macaulay Culkin, uh, which would have been perfect. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, well, uh, so I don't know to what extent it's like an inside joke, but in the scene in the the, the like the blunt cave where because it's Batman v Chronic and the two of them are gonna fight oh. because Batman v Superman. Yeah. 
Yes. Like he actually yeah, has yeah. the headpiece on the on the bat suit looks like. <laughs> which was actually helpful because like in the comic and then in the original two thousand one movie, yeah. it was just Silent Bob's hat but with the bat ears, kinda yeah. like in Mallrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and then in this version he's wearing the big helmet, which means that when they released the concept art early on, it obscured the fact that it was supposed to be Val Kilmer. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the Kilmer reveal was a surprise in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in in the scene when they're arguing, there's a, a recurring joke where basically she'll deliver some big speech arguing with him, and then he like pulls out a phone and he's like, <laughs> and then turns it around and it's just an angry emoji. Um, so it's like it's the joke that he's Silent Bob, but it's yeah. probably also at least in part like the joke that everybody knows Kilmer can't talk right now. Yeah. Well, not, I mean, I, 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 he can't. Somebody, here's the yeah. thing: he can talk. It, his voice is severely yeah, uh, impacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know, but I I get the impression he's very self conscious. About yeah, it. no. I mean, there was a there was a uh, um, some the snowman. He, was it the snowman where it was terribly dubbed or something yeah, yeah, like that? Yeah, that was, was like embarrassing. The snowman was that. Where, like embarrassing for the film, not for yeah, Bell, yeah. but. But in that way, so but probably embarrassing for him too because. But like, it, I don't is, know. it is like it, it is, it, uh, and that's the movie that gives it, me yeah. the impression that it's that he's uh, self conscious about it. Yeah. I, I hope that he's self conscious about it because if he's not, yeah. and the filmmakers made that decision, that's kind of a shitty. Like not only was it a shitty because yeah. it hurt the movie, but also it's a shitty thing to do. Like don't cast him then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. You know. My understanding is that the surgery like happened yeah, or something anyway. But yeah, it was like a middle of the road. Like it already had started, and so. Okay. Or something. At least that's my vague. Yeah. I could be completely and totally wrong. Yeah, and again, like we something. are, like we're, we're the we're the kind of entertainment journalists who follow the nuts and bolts rather than the personalities most yeah. of the time. So like a lot of the time, stuff happens and we don't necessarily know about it because it's like I don't care about people's personal lives. Like actually, I was at the Black Lightning uh, press room. There was a thing that like affected somebody's personal life um, that they were like, and I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. I'm just standing there. And, what is it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always love those. It was like. But you know better. Don't ask any personal questions. And I'm like, uh, good. I guess so. <laughs> like, and now I'm really paranoid. Like, what is considered personal? Uh, I don't know. I figured yeah. it out before the the interviews, and it was nothing I would have ever asked anyway. Yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, I follow most of that. I follow a lot of them on uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and I don't know either. So anyway. I'll, I'll tell so, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. It is no reason that I don't even need to know. So, well, it's yeah. not. It, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. anyway. Um, that was the other. Button. I did the red, the black lightning red carpet. That was cool. They're all very nice. That, that, there's not a lot to say about it. Like, it doesn't have the same, like, background as all the other shows where there's, like, a bunch of stuff. Like, Black Lightning's a pretty straightforward show. So. But anyway, um, yeah, so we I saw the, the scene where, you know... And in that scene, I won't spoil it for kind of the universe, but uh, the scene where you see... The, in, the movie within the movie is where uh, Silent Bob gets what I assume might be his only line, but certainly a line, and it was kind of perfectly timed. Um, they uh, they talked a lot about like I said it's Martha isn't it no <laughs> <laughs> would have been would have been, good. Would have been good. Um, I, it actually, not... I don't know Kevin Smith's mom's name because that actually be fun. Virginia Virginia um, which funny enough is the name of the girl who was like the, the rang me out at this convenience store at the Chicago airport when I was making my connection and like we ended up talking for 20 minutes because I had four hours to kill her. Um, <laughs> Virginia! But I yeah, didn't know her name! Anyway, sorry. Like, you know why I know her name? Because she was the milkmaid in Clerks. Oh. <laughs> um, so in the commentary track they talked about it. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, the the, the 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 reboot press room or panel was interesting because it was one of those like you talk mostly about reboot, but obviously it's Kevin Smith's reboot. Got off on all kinds of other teams. He talked a lot about the Affleck stuff. Um, he did announce uh, that he's going to do Clerks three again, uh, which is of course interesting. And this is a weird thing because first of all, uh, when Clerks three did not happen, um, he made it clear that one of the actors had bowed out, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Look, man, we can't we can't do it without J. Bob Dante and Randall. It's a non-starter." And so they canceled. And uh, but he wouldn't say who it was that pulled out, and yeah. anybody who cared knew that yeah. it was Jeff Anderson, because like Brian O'Halloran, you know, is in reboot. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> had had expressed public interest in you know so like, but Kevin was trying to not step any, step on any toes and, and didn't like as far as I know, and he probably has slipped and done it before, but like yeah. he has tried to publicly not like put a spotlight on Jeff Anderson and be yeah, like, go yeah, bother absolutely. that dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, in this in this panel, like somebody asked him about uh, the Clerks animated series, like could we yeah. see any more of that? And uh, he said something along the lines of, like, you know, I, I really hope so. People, somebody has asked us about it, and uh, it might happen. We'll find out in the next year or so. Yeah. And then, like, after that, he went off on a kind of a, a rant about how, like, after after Jane Silent Bob reboot, it seems like it'd be easy to like not do these characters again. But they enjoyed it so much. He's like, I put Jay and Bob in a really good place. Like, this is where they deserve to end. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there's one more thing that I want to do for Dante and Randall. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, the, the original screenplay for Clerks 3 was actually, like, it was like, he described it as the King Lear of the VS universe. Yeah, yeah. It was very, it was like a rumination on mortality. Yeah. And uh, then he, like, had his near fatal heart attack and yeah. it has changed everything about his life, more or less. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, that movie doesn't seem entertaining anymore. And he's like, it doesn't put. Dante and Randall where I want them to be yeah. so that I can stop playing with those toys. Yeah. And so, like, at the panel, he's like, I'm going to rewrite this movie, I'm going to do a new version of Clerks 3, and, like, if there's, in this world, if I can get Ben Affleck to join up, I can get Jeff Anderson to do it, we're going to make this movie. Yeah. Uh, which, like, I want to see that movie. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I don't necessarily... I don't know that you can necessarily get Jeff Anderson just because you can get Ben Affleck. I mean, Jeff doesn't, like, this isn't, doesn't seem to be his life. I don't know what he does for a living, but, like, and I also don't know what the, like, I don't know what the rift is there. Um, I don't know if, because I know that they used to be best friends and that there was some kind of money thing that they broke down over after Clerks. Yeah. Like, it was that Anderson got what he was promised, but he didn't get enriched by, like, the Weinstein deal the way that Smith did. And so, like, I got the impression that Anderson was basically like, I carried this movie, I should get more money. And Kevin was like, I, I gave you the money that was for you, and the film, they bought the movie from me. Yeah. You know? Um, which, again, you can get into whole arguments about, like, to what extent that's fair, because blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. But, like, they obviously cleared that up to make... He was in Strike Back, I think, for a minute, and then he was definitely, obviously, in Clerks 2. Yeah. Um, and he was in the Clerks animated series. Yeah. And so, clearly, whatever that feud was has been settled um, I kind of got the impression um, from chatter that I heard from what I'll say as a reliable source that it's not just like Jeff didn't want to do Clerks 3 that there's something going on with Kevin and Jeff again mm-hmm. I don't know again I don't know what um, yeah. but I can say that like it's it's true yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's weird because it's not like it's not like he's like there's so much money to be had and yeah. like, no there's not that much money to be had maybe there's 
thirty thousand dollars more to be had. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, who, know I mean, the budgets are. But I mean, like you know, if if Affleck's there, you know, whatever. I mean, who knows? Affleck could probably do it for like I'll show I, up. I mean, I pretty. I mean, I pretty much got the impression that all the cameos were people who like yeah. showed up and got paid like SAG scale. Yeah, it was like <laughs> they just because like that was Kevin Smith was like he was joking about like all the people who showed up. Yeah. And, and part of it was they were shooting in Louisiana, and he was just like, I don't think we're going to get yeah. cameos. But then they were shooting, and Mardi Gras was happening. And so, like, when they were flying people out, it's like, oh, this is a free trip to Mardi Gras. Yeah. Um. And so, <laughs> suddenly, people who wouldn't ordinarily have yeah, wanted yeah. to go to Louisiana yeah. were just like, yeah, why not? I'll do it. Um, but uh, uh, I got the distinct impression that, like, people coming down were doing it for basically nothing. Because yeah. he kept joking that, like, this is... This is because I had the heart attack. Like, these people are here because they're like, ah, oh, shit, I have to go. He almost died. Um, yes. Now, Kevin, don't have another one, yeah. for God's sake. Actually, it's funny. He, he joked about, like, he joked at the time. He was like, yeah, I'm proud of this movie. It puts these characters in a place where I really want them to be. Like, if I have another heart attack tomorrow and die, I'm going to be happy. And his daughter was on the panel. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Which holy shit! By the way, she's in uh, she's in Tarantino's film. Yeah, she's in. I know, yeah, because I was confused by his tweets, which is which is awesome. Now yeah. I have an excuse to go see that film, which yeah. I wasn't going to necessarily. Yeah, I, I was see. I was borderline. Like it looks good, and Luke yeah. Perry's in it. And I, I also heard that it's a um, because I was really worried about it being, and I've like just literally watched the trailer. I, I don't know. And any, I haven't even yeah. seen the trailer. Oh, okay, I don't know yeah, anything yeah. about it. Um, and and I haven't read into it, and like and I'm like it's around the you know around the Manson murder. I'm like. I don't want to see that film. I don't want to see that film. I want to see the film that... Yeah. I, I know they wouldn't glorify it, but I don't want to see... I have no interest in the man. Yeah, I, I don't want to see a Tarantino. And then my understanding is that it's, it's closer to Jackie Brown than it is like when it comes to like violence, yeah. where it's, it's a crime thriller type thing, yeah. not a slaughterhouse like yeah. where it, you know sort of thing. I, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing that was convincing me I needed to go see it mm -hmm. was that after the trailer dropped... Um, Roman Polanski's wife complained. Mm -hmm. She was upset about how they were being depicted. And I'm just like, well, if they're upset, good. My <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, now, yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I want to see, like, forget my problems with Quentin. Yeah, Roman yeah, Polanski yeah. is, it's like, it's like having problems with Hillary Clinton, but like, no, it's fucking Donald Trump. He's a yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, it's, I'm just like, I, as soon as the Polanskis were complaining, I'm just like, okay, well, maybe this is a thing we need to see. <laughs> Just my pre-order tickets, then. <laughs> so what, uh, anything else that uh, really Yeah, I'm trying to think. That like I said, I know that I did, like, a bunch of stuff. I talked to the people behind the Banana Splits movie. Have you seen anything about this? No. You, know, you remember the Banana Splits, right? The Okay, so they were created by Sid and Marty Croft, the people who did, like, Land of the Lost and Sid and the Sea Monster. Okay. Um, you, you'll have to look it up after this, but they're, they're like, these giant puppets, like... In, they were guys in suits, but these giant, like... Imagine if the Muppets were person-sized, and they were a rock band. Okay. And so... I, I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen them. Yeah. Here's the thing about the Banana Splits. Um, <laughs> they're fucking nightmare fuel. They are. Yeah. You, just, you look at them, and you're I like... I mean, you describe it, and I'm going, yeah, that sounds like nightmare yeah. fuel. So, uh, the Banana Splits are kind of nightmare fuel to begin with. Uh, they have. There was a, an animated series a few years back, and uh, there was. A, they, they've made attempts to like bring it back a few times. It's it's a Hanna Barbera property okay. from the seventies, and uh, they. Uh, here I'm showing you the picture. 
I actually have never seen this. No? This is weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, like, references of them, it seems yeah, familiar. No. Like, I've seen parody or something like that of, of it once, well, but I've uh, never seen the original things. A couple of years yeah. ago, when there was a... Uh, they did it like DC Comics Hanna Barbera month, yeah, yeah. Where it was like there were different one shots, yeah. So it was like those. Um, Speed Buggy and the Flash, Banana mm-hmm. Splits teamed up with Suicide Squad. <laughs> That's uh, fantastic. Which again, because yeah. like they're kind of nightmare filled. Yeah. Um, and then shortly thereafter, they announced there was going to be a new Banana Splits movie. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what's this about? It's a horror movie. They they uh, in the context of this movie, the Banana Splits aren't guys in suits. They're pup. They're animatronics. Yeah. And they basically go Terminator. Uh, they they lose their whatever and such. I guess, I guess it's uh, a good use of an IP that you can't like otherwise yeah. probably do much with. Um, yeah, and the guy who I was talking to, one of the producers who like it was his idea. Yeah. Um, like he's the guy who was behind like the the animated version for preschoolers a few years back. <laughs> and so like he's like the caretaker of this property. Yeah, yeah. And he basically was like, Look, just because we're doing this doesn't mean that we won't be able to do <laughs> which I'm like, I don't know, I think it might be <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll let you, you know. I mean, in a world that those Freddy scary things that exist for kids... Oh, the the Five Nights at Freddy's? Five right? Nights at Freddy's. Like, yeah. in a world that those exist, I guess that's a thing. Yeah. But still, it's got to be traumatizing if you're going, if you're a child, and be like, oh, this is my favorite show. I'm yeah. going to go on YouTube. Oh, my God! <laughs> I, I, I actually, one of, the things I, one of the things that I talk to people about, too, when I was doing the interviews, so like, you know, every time anything gets rebooted, it's always like, you ruined my childhood! Yeah, 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 yeah. And, that's a ridiculous thing for people to say, but like that's the mission statement. Of like, that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so like, I, but it sounds like they're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. It's gonna be like it sounds to me like it's gonna be in the vein of some of the later uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, where like yeah, there's gore, but a lot of it is like the sheer absurdity of the concept. Yeah. So that seems like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Finger crossed. I want to see a fight between uh, like Chuck E. Cheese and them. Like that would right? be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the other big thing that I, that I remember. I mean, and I did a lot of stuff, and I'm sure I'm forgetting like a, a majority of what I, did, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of one-on-one interviews. I actually talked to Muse about. It. He's got a new movie coming out called uh, Madness and the Method. Yep. Um, have you seen anything for that? Oh, movie? so we'll be we'll yeah, be really talking about that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, for anybody watching, the, the the short version is that Jason Muse, of course, had at one point a serious drug problem, which was a problem in his own life that he had to overcome. And there, for a minute, there, there was talk that he might do like a Showtime series or something about his recovery, and then they decided that like capitalizing on it was gross, especially because I think his wife was pregnant at the time. It was just like, you didn't want to bring the kid into that. Um, but he, instead, he's doing a movie. He directed his first feature, and it's, it's basically a dramatized version of it mm-hmm. that's like with a, com- a comedic bent, where it's like, if you assume, for the sake of argument, J- Jason Hughes is a bigger movie star than he is, but he also had all the same issues like mm-hmm. he plays Jay he, you know, he plays a drug addled heightened version of himself but in real life his drugs are giving him problems and they're not funny yeah um, and so it's like it's a dramatized version of like how you can try to stay relevant in Hollywood when you're trying to clean up your act and everybody only knows you as the funny drug guy yeah, yeah. Um, and so like like he said we'll be talking about that soon we have a screener for it and everything and but but uh, talk to him about that a little bit talk not, to every, him. not everyone can play Iron Man that's true. Get <laughs> Although Kevin Smith does in uh, James Bond reboot. That's true. Yes, that. I I am super hyped for that costume yeah. because the co- costume is pretty amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and that was another. There's a uh, in the the scene. There there was a scene where Brody tells them about the reboot, mm-hmm. and uh, 
Jay and Silent Bob are like, what the fuck's a reboot? Because you can't do what the fuck's the internet. It's too late for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what the fuck's a reboot? Ex- it has to, like, explain, like, the trend of reboots and remakes and reboot quals and everything. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, a reboot is when you want to do a remake, but you don't actually want anything to be like the thing you're remaking. Yeah. And so you just reboot it and you can do whatever you want and just call it the same thing. Yeah. And, uh, and they like list off a bunch of ex- examples. And then Jason Mew says something about like those Marvel movies. And Brody's like, hey, those Marvel movies are classic. And like, <laughs> basically, what you'd expect from a guy who like met Stanley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that's a fun little bit that they have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, I mean that, those are the big things I touched down on. Uh, like I said, I know there was a ton of stuff that came out of it that I wasn't even part of. There was a Watchmen trailer uh, that looks pretty badass, yeah. and, and I'm curious what that movie is going to bring because I feel like, uh, first of all, they're not not a movie TV show. Uh, I'm curious about what that show is going to bring. It's a weird situation because uh, for those of us in the comics industry, we all know that like mm-hmm. they probably shouldn't be making Watchmen stuff, like that the guy who wrote and created Watchmen was supposed to have gotten the rights back at some point, but because it turned into a big hit, Warner Brothers found a way to just keep them forever. Yeah. Um, however, and it's also, it's one of those things like, because Alan Moore is kind of a dick, yeah. people are are people are okay with him getting screwed, yeah. because they're just like, yes, fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... I mean, he's not. He's one of those people. Like, I don't want to be involved in it at all. But I also am going to complain about it mercy yeah, incredibly. Yeah. Like, well, but even even yeah. beyond just that, yeah. like he's just one of those. Like he has yeah, yeah, he yeah. has an opinion about everything, and most of his opinions are like an old man yelling at clouds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and again, like I don't necessarily like I don't necessarily. Personally, I mean, they're not they're not Frank Miller bad, but they no, are. No, no. <laughs> Fra- I mean, Frank Miller is just like crazy old racist. Like, <laughs> Alan Moore is, as far as I can tell, a decent human being yeah, yeah. who is a grumpy old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and like when I say he's a dick, that's the prevailing wisdom on the yes. part of a lot of people. That's not my actual personal yes. opinion. My personal opinion is a lot more complicated than that. <laughs> but like. It's it's always weird because like whenever a good anything involving Watchmen happens, you're like, that looks awesome. They shouldn't be making it, but it looks awesome. You know, yeah. so that's yeah. There's some stuff like that. I'm sure we'll talk about some more yeah. of that stuff, but it's probably a good time to wrap up because our our camera's going to run out of memory. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Any any final thoughts from you? Anything else that? Uh, I'm just I'm just looking forward to. I'll, I'll be at uh, unless something really weird happens. I'll be at New York Comic Con. Yeah, so that's right. we'll I'm hoping. I'm hoping that there'll be something because I mean that's one of the yeah. things that I'm like what I mean I guess Marvel could there's always have anything there's always something. I forget what's, I mean, what is the nice thing is that is Marvel the, television tends to have a bigger presence at New York true, than yeah. the Marvel movies do yeah. and now that so much yeah. is riding on television yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out yeah. I know that there's going to be a, a Deadly Class event there which is going to be super weird because the show's cancelled um, oh you didn't know that Oh no! I, ju- I just thought there was another. No, yeah, okay. they're, they're, I've been seeing an. Ad, I saw an ad for it. Like they've been doing a lot of ads for it. On, I'm looking around. I don't know where I put but my. Anyway. Uh, I have a, the. I have the uh, yearbook from Deadly yeah. Class, but but yeah, the Deadly Class unfortunately got canceled. The original plan was uh, that they were going to find somebody else other than Sci-Fi to do a second season, mm-hmm. and then they just couldn't. Didn't yeah. work out. Um, but so like. There's that to look forward to. I'm, I'm gonna want to talk to those guys because like they're all pretty great. It's another great cast that like if I wish their show their show had gone for five years just so I could hang out with them. <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right, everybody. So thanks for watching slash listening if that's what you're doing. Uh, be back here by noon on the fifth day for more from Emerald City Video. And always remember to rewind this video on YouTube. This falls apart with video. Yeah, no, it does.
especially with streaming. A C E N.